Welcome into another edition of the First Draft Podcast. Field Yates, Mel Kuyper, and Todd McShay with you as we are every Tuesday, right around 4 p.m. Eastern time, available to get you caught up on all the latest with the NFL Draft. And Todd and Mel, we said last week it was sort of the start of the pre-draft process. It feels like we're getting closer and closer. Do you guys know that we are 100 days away from the NFL Draft as we are having this conversation right now? 100 days. I'm sure you guys both had that one written down somewhere in a notepad today. <laughs> it gives me heart palpitations, to be honest. <laughs> Mel, you knew that, though, right? I had no idea. No at, this idea? Stage of the game, at this stage of the game, 100 days, 150 or 50, does it really matter? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what you have to do between now and late April, and you try to do it the best you can in a year that has been anything but uh, the way we, we figured we would evaluate players. And I think uh, yeah, we've all tried to look at guys and figure out what the combine's going to be like, how you're going to get the measurables you need. The NFL is trying to work that through with the combine not being what it has been all these years. What have you heard now. about that, Mel? Because I'm starting to hear more more about potentially no combine or virtual combine with only yes. a certain number of people. I, I don't know what the specifics are, but I'm starting to hear more and more momentum towards at least resolution. Yeah, more of a pro day uh, situation to try to get the the accurate measurables and times and have Zoom calls for interviews. And the medical is going to be something they'll work through and get that done. But uh, the combine, as we know it, in late February will not be the way it has been. So I think, uh, you know, we see all these kids now. We see seniors with options, some going back, some coming out. I think we can get into today why certain kids. I think that's the thing. Why did certain kids come out? Why did certain kids stay? What would have been a maybe a better move or a move that you may would have avoided? would have advised them to do something different. So I think that's all things that we uh, we need to be discussing, I think, because a lot of these kids, uh, some may give you a little bit of a head-scratcher with some of the decisions they make. Yeah, and for those that maybe missed the memo that was distributed uh, from the NFL to the 32 teams on Monday, the NFL did tell teams that the Combine, as we know it, as you guys have both said, is not going to be what it has been for so many years. It will not be in Indianapolis. Basically, the physical side of the Combine will be done at pro days, and the NFL is working through with medical professionals with the various teams to gather as much medical information. As we know, in the cases of some prospects that are very highly touted, the medical side of the Combine can be the most important or one of the most important aspects of the Combine. So it'll be a much much different pre-draft process well, this year. And not sure. to bore people, but the, the scary part of that is, you know, you, you can have, I don't know, 36-inch arms, you know, the length when they measure it at the combine, and then 34-and-a-half-inch arms when, when you're at a pro day. Yeah. So varying from pro day to pro day across the country and all these different schools, you don't – now we're back to not really knowing what a measurement is. And, and who's operating it and who's allowed to be there to, to, you know, to overlook it and make sure that they're doing it properly. You know, that, that's going to take a lot of work from a lot of different people to try to create as much of an apples-to-apples evaluation as we possibly can have. Yeah, and the trust in those measurements is something yeah, that you always, exactly. you, you always had that, Todd. And we always knew what was going to be verifiable. We knew what schools tell you. We knew what we hear in August, and sometimes that varies. So you always get what you thought coming in, 
Then you go to Senior Bowl. Then you talk about Combine. Then you talk about Pro Days, and all these numbers kind of never add up sometimes. You see one, then it varies from another. So in this case, when you're going to say one is going to be the one you're supposed to put in pen and be verifiable and be accurate, if in fact this year is the way, that's the way we're going to have to do it, will that final number be something that you can trust and move forward with when you're trying to figure out parameters that this kid has to have arm length here, has to have this measurable here. If it's not within this certain uh, you know, area, then we may pass on that player. So all those things that go into the, I guess, the analytics of the numbers of the physical and athletic skills of these players is going to be very difficult to try to figure. Yeah, that reminds me of Kyler Murray, whose height somehow changed like four times before the 2019 NFL draft, right? He seemed to be – it was all within like a couple of – or I guess a couple of eighths of an inch. But as we know, as you guys have alluded to, uh, those precise measurements are something that teams really, really value. There's going to be a certain trust place in these pro day uh, measurements, which uh, in previous years was offset by the combine. We did have some news on Monday uh, beyond just the combine announcement that was distributed to teams. It was the deadline for underclassmen to declare for the 2021 NFL draft. And, we got some of the expected news, like, for example, Justin Fields officially declaring for the draft, the Ohio State quarterback. But, Todd, I'll start with you. Is there anybody that surprised you that either declared to be a part of the draft or declared to remain in college for one more season? I was a little bit surprised that Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave decided to return. I know, I know he didn't have his best game in the national championship game, but – he had a great season, and he's been a really consistent, good player. Plus, you know you're, you're losing your quarterback, and I know they've got the next one up at Ohio State. They always do, and Ryan Day is going to coach him up. But to see Olave not on that list uh, was surprising to me because, no, I don't know about you, but I, I thought, you know, probably worst case he's going somewhere in the second round and what shapes up as a, a pretty deep wide receiver class. And then this one might surprise you, Mel, as well. Mm-hmm. Sam Cosme, uh, the offensive tackle from Texas, I think he needs to return to school. Mm. I, don't, I don't think he had the season that, that maybe everyone is kind of projecting on mock drafts and, and rankings um, that has probably led him to believe that he's going to be a first-round pick. Now, he may have gotten a second-round grade from the, advisor, the advisory committee, and they may have said in, as a group that – and the Cosme family said, you know what, that's good enough for us. We're ready to go. And, and the situation there with the coaching change and everything else. But to me, he's, he's a player that I think really could have benefited from one more year of school. Yeah, he's one of those polarizing guys that if you see him in certain games, you say, boy, I like his skills as a left tackle, and he's certainly played right tackle as well, and others where uh, he's had some trouble in those one-on-one situations. So I think he's going to be one of those guys I think teams will maybe roll the dice for a little earlier than maybe some think you really should, Todd. So there'll be a lot of differences of opinion. Well, oh, he went way too high, but somebody's going to take him, and I think that's going to be one of the guys who have different views on I thought Jason Owe uh, from Penn State was a kid field and Todd that when you think about sack production, I understand it's not all about sacks, it's about her and pressures and all that, but Shaka Tony had five sacks the other, on the other side. Jason Oway didn't have a sack. He did have you know, some tackles for loss and all that, but uh, I think when you look at last year with five sacks in 13 games, this year six and a half tackles for loss, fourth on the team in tackles, you know, ten tackles against Maryland, nine against Nebraska, so he was active in making plays, but when you come out with no sacks and no forced fumbles and you're an edge guy and you're only a third-year sophomore and you haven't really put it all together yet with that 
impressive sack production. Uh, that's something where I would say at 6'4 and a half, 250 with the potential he displayed last year, getting those five sacks, and I would have thought, Go back for another year. Tony moves on. You'll be the guy. Uh, be the sack artist and come into the draft with people thinking that you can be a really a guy coming off that edge, can be, be disruptive, rather than coming into the draft with talent but not yet being a finished product. Yeah, Mel, and we always, we never know the full story about why some of these athletes are choosing to declare for the draft. It could be, as we know, in the cases of some of them, it could be a family issue where you know they need to support a family, and the sooner they can make money playing football professionally, it can go a long way for their personal situation. But when you look at someone like Jason Owe, I'd just be curious, like, how high can he climb in the draft after you said, like, how, what was the last time an edge rusher had zero sacks and either A, catapulted up draft boards, or B, wound up being a really dynamic player in the NFL? It feels borderline unprecedented to me. Yeah, and Ty, we can talk. I, I I saw that, and I was really surprised because I had Oway ranked going to be into the year as a guy could be one of the top ten, top five best uh, you know combo guys, edge rushers coming out. And as you watched him. You know, just not get it done as a sack guy, not be the guy that was really uh, being dynamic on the field with those wow plays. You figure, boy, okay, he's going to go back. It's almost automatic. Uh, but it didn't happen that way. So I understand what you're saying, Field. I, I just always believe, just if you look at it without any other factors, if you're not a first-round pick and you have a chance and to go back to Chris Olave, Todd, maybe he's looking at Devontae Smith saying, Devontae was a late one. You know, he got better, worked on his frame. You know, maybe he looks at Devontae as maybe the, the one that he he would say that's an identifiable player, Heisman Trophy winner, national yep. champion, had all that individual and team success and got better from moving from a late one to a top pick, top three pick overall. Maybe Devontae Smith factored into Chris Olave's decision. I don't know, but maybe he did. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. It's hard not to think of that jump. Now, it's obviously really difficult to just assume that any player could replicate Devontae Smith's season this year. Todd, like, I mean, we've never, we've borderline never seen any wide receiver dominate like he did. I understand Jamar Chase had a great year the year before for LSU, but a Heisman Trophy winner, the first time AP 
college football player of the year for a wide receiver. It was a special season for DeMonte Yeah, with Smith. a new quarterback, too. Yeah. Sure. I guess. I and, just, and on that note, Mr. Fields, think about this, and Todd, I just want to get your feelings on this, and I'll throw it out there. I think I've been discussing it on the Darian Mel show, I know. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but Trey Lance coming into the NFL, which is 17 starts, mm-hmm. only one this year. Todd, Todd talked about 25 starts and what the NFL really prefers. He only has 17 coming out of North Dakota State. He had you know five games in 2019 where he was at 56.5% completion in a game or less. He had games where he was only throwing the ball maybe 15 times on an average. His most attempts in a game was 31. He was 15 of 30 in the one game he did play this year for 149 yards with his first interception. Now, he did run the ball well in that game against Central Arkansas October 3rd. But I thought, guys, you got Notre Dame brought in Jack Cohn, transfer from Wisconsin. Ohio State's looking at a quarterback. Olave's back. Thayer Mumford's back. Tyreek Smith's back. Ohio State's looking for that guy. Texas, Sarkeesian taking over. You know, Ellinger moving forward. So I thought there were – I would if I'm a quarterback like that with only 17 starts off a game. I understand it's only one game, but, you know, that's all you have. And there's nothing else this year with the way we're evaluating players and we're not getting the information we always have. Why not if you're Trey Lance? I'm saying – or any player like that – Go to a, a school like that. Russell Wilson went NC State to Wisconsin for one year. Why not go to a Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas, or whoever that wants you to play another season and, and put up the numbers and come into the NFL draft as a possible top five, top ten pick overall? And especially in a year where, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was locked in at number one. But then you got you get Zach Wilson from BYU emerging. Uh, Justin Fields is, is going to be a top ten pick coming out of Ohio State. Mac Jones coming out of nowhere for Alabama after just uh, you know four starts a year ago. The two pick sixes against Auburn, playing pretty well against Michigan. You never thought Mac Jones was going to be Mac mm-hmm. Jones this year. And now he's pushing to me, be maybe, the, maybe the third quarterback taken off the board in, in terms of the quarterback class. So now you've got four quarterbacks very likely to be taken ahead of you. I, I don't disagree. I, I actually think it would be a great idea for Trey Lance to go learn from a quarterback coach, learn from someone who can develop him better and improve on that part of his game. We know he's competitive. We know he's big. We know he's strong. We know he can run. We know he can make those flash throws. But what we don't know is his consistency throwing the football, whether it's on the run or inside the pocket. And I think that's what he really needs to prove moving forward. And that's why I think if you do draft him, He's probably going to go late in the first round, in my, in my opinion. But if you do draft him, you better be prepared to sit him and give him a year, like we talked about, Pat Mahomes style behind a veteran quarterback who we can learn from and knowing that you have a coaching staff that can actually coach him and take the time with the backup quarterback in order to get him where you need him to be. You know, one thought that I, I sort of hesitate to share because I don't want to come across as a potential wet blanket, but – I do wonder if any of these players who have decided to declare for the NFL draft are mindful of the fact that while we really hope that college football looks like college football by the time we roll back around for summer camps in August, who knows, right? Like, who knows what next season will look like, especially for guys at some of the smaller schools that may not have just the funding necessary to make games a reality, but... 
Well, that's why I thought in his case, field maybe go to a, a Big Ten school, right, go to sense, a, yeah. a Big Twelve school, you know, go to a Notre Dame, go you saw Notre Dame go for Jack Heisman, Cone. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw <laughs> Justin Fields goes to Ohio State from Georgia, and yeah. you know, Justin Fields leaves. You could step right in. Olave's back. I'm just saying things that would make sense if you were looking in that direction would have been those particular big time programs sure. that feel like we're a piece away from being where we want to be. Uh, we got Olave going back without knowing who the quarterback is, but there's Trey Lance sitting there, only one game at North Dakota State, coming in, as Todd said, with all these other quarterbacks, Kyle Trask, even from Florida, having a big year, and Mac Jones, and everything that Zach Wilson did. So it's different now than it was back in August, September, October, when Trey Lance was sitting there as one of the elite guys. So now, all of a sudden, you know, with the process being impacted by COVID and everything we're not doing that we were, and you only played one game, and you weren't impressive in that one game throwing the football, uh, you know, are you going to just go on a few games in 2019, and only 17 total starts? at North Dakota State, is that enough of a body of work to say, I'm going to take this kid in the top 15, top 20? I don't think so. Go back, play a year, wherever it is, and if it was preferable, a, a major college elite you know, Power 5 program, and you put up numbers, then you come in, and you could say another year if you want, but if you want to say one year only, and you come in, you, got, you have the talent with production and consistency at an elite program to be a top 5, top 10 pick, where this year you're certainly not going to be up that high. Yeah, we don't have the full list of all players that declared yet for the 2021 NFL Draft amongst underclassmen, but we do know it's a long list. We know there are a lot of interesting names, uh, Trey Lance amongst those that are most compelling and potentially in the first-round mix. Uh, it's rare that we can have a story that can sort of dominate the news cycle that has nothing to do with the teams left in the NFL season or necessarily the NFL Draft but it's still dominating like it is. And that right now is Deshaun Watson and his unhappiness with the Texans organization. And I sort of wanted to play or sort of do a mock exercise, if you will, where both Mel and Todd will serve as a general manager uh, for teams that have, whether directly or indirectly, been linked as possible suitors for Deshaun Watson if he ever became available for a trade and kind of work our way through a negotiation and get some of the guys' thoughts on what they would do if they were Houston, and what they would do if they were other teams. So, Mel, I'm going to go to you first, and you can imagine that you are Joe Douglas, which means you had the honor of playing college football with Todd McShay back in the day. So that already is mm -hmm. a win for you. Oh, um, yeah. But let's start here. I want you to make a package or make an offer for Deshaun Watson. And But what, what would be your stance if you were, A, the Texans about trading Deshaun, period, and then, B, like, are you even bothering making an offer if you're the Jets, or are you confident enough in Sam Darnold and the picks you have to get this thing right? Well, it's going to be costly, and Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback. Now, he had, did have the torn ACL at Clemson. You know, he did have another knee injury uh, with the Houston Texans early on, a rookie year, to another torn ACL, and he hasn't been banged up a lot because you're talking about you know, behind a offensive line that was struggling mightily at times and not having DeAndre Hopkins and other things that they didn't do, ironically very similar to what David Carr had to deal with when he was the number one pick overall to the Houston Texans. So uh, Houston Texans haven't done a good job helping out their quarterbacks in the Carr era and now in the Deshaun Watson era but with that said if I'm the Houston Texans and I'm Nick Casario new GM I'm working this out with Deshaun Watson you know I'm I'm in an AFC loaded with great young quarterbacks okay I got one of them who's already led me to the playoffs and won a game 
last year and almost, you know, they were 24 nothing in the second quarter over Kansas City last year at Arrowhead. People forget that. So I think Deshaun is a given. Why would you want to move him? Because it's about not being happy? We'll work it out. It's called communication. It's called making people feel like they're the guy working with that player to do everything we can to let him know that and trust that organization now with the new GM, new head coach coming in, that we got all this, this positivity, not negativity, but positivity about what we can do in this division. Indianapolis isn't going to move forward with, with Phil Rivers. We'll see. They have to have a quarterback figured out there with Rivers' age. You, know, you think about where Jacksonville is with Trevor Lawrence. Should be great, but he's still going to be a rookie. New coach over Meyer. We'll see there. Tennessee with Tannehill and company. That, that team, you know, we saw as your good team, but not elite. So if, to me, I have the quarterback. I can build around them. I, I'm not trading Deshaun Watson if I'm Houston. And if I'm the Jets, Todd, to give up a ton of draft picks move Sam Darnold for a two I would rather keep Sam and use all those draft picks to build around him so let's uh, I think it's important to note that I don't know how many people if they had the control panel at the Texans would be advocating for trading Deshaun Watson the question is whether Houston gets to a point where there is no return right whether it's Deshaun's unhappiness whether it's the organization just feeling like it can do no more to get him back to where he needs to be invested in them, or I should say they need to be invested in him. So they may reach a point of no return in their minds. It's not the first time a star player has been traded. We don't see it nearly as frequently uh, in the NFL as we do other sports, but we saw it in another team in Houston and the NBA recently where they finally reached the point where they said, Hey, James Harden wants out and we've reached the point where the offer is just too good to ignore. But if you had to, so I think we probably all agree and I'm sure, Todd, uh, Todd, I just to get your thoughts. I'm assuming you agree with the idea. Like, you're not trading Deshaun Watson if it's your choice, right? No, no. I mean, again, you, you've got to be in both buildings and you've got to or at least be in one building and know what you're getting mentally and, and where, where your quarterback is and, and the pounding he's been through and where he is physically. But it, all things are equal. I'm, st- I, I'm sticking with the quarterbacks that I have. I, I, I know you can – it, it, it sounds nice to say, well, if we trade out a number two and draft, whether it's J- Justin Fields from Ohio State or, or Zach Wilson from BYU, whichever one you want, it sounds nice that, well, we're going to save money over the next few years because the second contract's going to come up with, with, um, with Darnold sitting there at number two and, and obviously with, um, with Deshaun Watson coming up as well. But we're going to, you know, the money gets bigger and bigger as the contracts go on and on. But the problem is, to me, and I've heard talk about, you know, the Jets making the trade with Houston for, you know, Bradford and, 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 um, and Watson. I, to me, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think you're getting a huge upgrade. If I'm, if I'm the Jets sitting at number two, I'm saying, you know what, I, I love Deshaun. He's, he's a really good player. I might even think he's slightly better than Sam. But if Sam's content, and Sam wants to help us build this thing, we have picks 223 in the first round this year, 34, 66, and 87. So five picks in the first 87. That should be at least four starters that you're getting right there and two really impact starters with that second and 23rd overall pick. And then, by the way, we have two first-rounders next year, a first-rounder in the second and a first-rounder in the third. So you're talking about uh, four first rounders, two two second rounders, and three third rounders. Count those up. I mean, you're building half of a roster right there in the next two drafts. 
And, and that's not including if a team wants to move up to go get that number two pick because you've decided to stay with, with, uh, with Sam Darnold at, at that number two spot. So a team, a team like Atlanta might want to jump up and make sure they get ahead of a team, potentially like, let's say, uh, Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight, Dallas at 10, New England at 15. They might want to move up and go get one of these quarterbacks. So they could wind up with even more draft capital. And just knowing Ozzie Newsom and, and Eric DaCosta and, and Joe Douglas, kind of that tree that he came from, that, that seems to be how they handle business is let's take advantage of teams that are desperate to come move up and, and get that player that they want. And then let's move back because we know as great as we think we are, as great as we all think we are evaluating players, it's, it's around 50, 50. And so let's give ourselves, you know, more opportunity, especially in the first and second rounds to get guys that can come in and be impact players. And let's, how about this? Let's finally put a, solid offensive line in front of Sam, which they, I know they worked on last year, but let's get him a difference maker at wide receiver. Let's get a young running back that he can grow old with. Let's get a defense that can keep him off the field and not put him in spots where he has to, has to go out and make throws and, and, you know, really test the waters when ordinarily with, with a lead or in a close game that he might not have to. So certainly Sam has work to do as a quarterback and he still makes some young mistakes but I, I would much rather have all of the, this draft capital than to make a deal that I'm giving up some of these picks to, to go get a, a Deshaun Watson or to, or to, to, deal, to deal Sam and bring in a, a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields who you know, was inconsistent. Let's call it that. He's inconsistent in some big games, played great in, one, in the semifinal, did not play well in the final, did not play well against Northwestern, did not play well against Indiana this year. And then it, Zach Wilson, who I love, but the competition level wasn't that high. So we just don't know what we're getting with those guys, and we know what we're getting with Sam. All right, so you guys are both more bullish on Sam Darnold than I think many, and I would say probably even me. So entertain me here for a second, Mal, and then we'll go to the sure. Dolphins in a second. Sure. If you are the Jets, put mm-hmm. together an offer, and, and understanding that the first offer never gets the job done, um, but we also are involved in these conversations. So we'll imagine that we've zoomed past our first offer, maybe our second and third offer. The final offer that you would make to Houston to say, hey, if we give you, or if you are willing to trade us to Sean Watson, here are the picks that we are willing to offer you or players in return. But what, what well, might that look like? Sure, and then you would have to trade Sam for a two. Okay. If you, whatever you can. Whatever you can get for Sam, Sam would be dealt. Okay? okay, So that would bring back, let's say just for the sake of argument, a second-round pick. Okay. You give up your two, you give up your 23. You give up your two at 34. You open one next year because you have two ones. Yep. You know, do you have to throw in a three next year? I don't know. But that's a, a ton of draft picks to give up for Deshaun Watson. You trade Sam, you get a two back. So, But you've lost a lot of pieces. You've lost a lot of starters there. Think about it. That's probably four to five starters you're losing, but you're getting Deshaun Watson. Okay, And Deshaun Watson is a given. Sam Darnold, we can all hope that Sam is going to be great, but he's not yet there, and whether he'll be there or not is debatable. Deshaun Watson is great, but you're losing the ability to – improve around him because you gave up all those picks mm. and the Jets have a lot of holes so now you got Deshaun but you lost a lot of draft picks this year and next year that you have sitting there so if Sam is going to be great 
that would be a move that I agree with Todd on. If you really believe in him, we know he's not great yet, but if you believe in him to get there, then you keep those picks. But if you don't feel Sam is ever going to be anything more than a tease quarterback, where I, by that I mean he looks like he maybe could be on certain games, but then he falls back and he's a turnover machine. And he just it, it never falls into place. If you have hesitancy about Sam, then you would make that move, okay? Because let's face it, you're in a division where Josh Allen's not going away. Miami's the other team in that division. They have draft capital. They would, could give up draft picks and say, okay, we know Tua's okay, we like him, but he's had injuries, he didn't wow us over, his arm's got to get a little stronger, maybe it was the hip that didn't allow the arm strength to shine through this year, but Deshaun's clearly better. Let's give it up for Deshaun. That's a team more ready to win now than the Jets are and more better overall personnel where maybe they feel like we can give up those draft picks and get Deshaun and move Tua and get what we can there, and maybe that trade would make more sense for them. So I think it's, it's the greatness of Deshaun as opposed to two quarterbacks, Darnold and Tua, who are unproven entities at this point. Yeah, so just to recap, uh, the, pick, the offer was basically picks two and 23 in the first round this year, a 2022 first-round pick, a couple of second-round picks, plus a couple of third-round picks as well. If I'm Houston, the reason why this offer is attractive is, Again, attractive is a relative term, right? You hate the idea of giving up to Sean Watson. Is because if you are in love with a non-Trevor Lawrence quarterback in this year's class, he's there waiting for you. You're guaranteed it, right? You're You're the only other team picking ahead of you is the Jaguars, and they're taking Trevor. Probably in my perfect world, if I'm Houston, I'm measuring the offer against what somebody else could offer. So Mel, I'm sorry, Todd, you are now Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, and this is an interesting decision. A, are you prepared to make an offer for Deshaun Watson, which would you know, concede that Tua is not your guy long-term if you acquire him, acquire Deshaun Watson? And B, what's that offer look like? Well, it, if I'm willing to concede, and I, I think it's a significant upgrade, and I also realize you know, how much money it, the, the difference is going to be yep. in the next few years, I think that looks like, you know, you're probably, with Tua, you're probably going to get a first-round pick at some point. So you're, you're, you're going to have to move him out of Miami and, and get a, a late first is what I'm guessing at this point. And then in order to get Deshaun, yeah, you're probably talking about uh, a first – a first and a second and then probably – Maybe a first this year, a first next year, and either a second or third the following year would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to have to be going to be a lot. It's, it's going to be a lot. Be an overwhelming yeah. so package for Deshaun, yeah, you're right? Talking, you're too, plus, you're getting, you're, you're three, getting a obviously. first. You're probably getting the first for – if you're Miami, you're probably getting another first for uh, for moving moving to out of, out of town. Yeah, I wonder if the Texans... Or, may, or maybe a second because everyone knows you're, you're trying to move them. Yeah, I find that interesting, Todd. It's, it's, it's interesting. You say, well, we get a two for two. We get a one for two, but a two for Darnold. I think Darnold's a better quarterback than I, I, I right didn't now. Say, I, I didn't say you get a two for Darnold. You said you get a two I, for Darnold. I said that for the sake of argument, let's well, say I a two. I think probably, though, yeah. isn't a part of it, Mel, because Tua is one year into his contract right. and Sam is two years in, right. so you're right. a year away from Sam's price tag going up significantly. But right now, if we said to all of us, I'll ask you, Phil, and I'll ask you, Todd, if you you have more confidence in Darnold being a great quarterback or Tua based on what we've seen right now, yeah. who would you go with? 
I'm I'm assuming uh, well, this will be consensus, and I'll go with Sam Darnold. I mean, and, and I, there's a I'm, lot for I'm him going to prove. Darnold too. Yeah, there's still a right, lot for uh, Sam to prove, but I yeah. would say you're, based you're off the early me, returns. You're telling me that that New England at 15 wouldn't consider, you know, Sam Darnold. I'm not trading him to New England. If, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying that if if the Jets were moving him out, you know, 15, 10 that Dallas, depending on on Dak's health. I've heard it's too high, Todd. I keep hearing a two. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I just, when I heard you say 201, and then I mentioned Darnold a two, if two will get you a one, Darnold should get you a one. So I'm with you, Todd. Why wouldn't you yeah, if you're the Washington Red? If you're, if you're the Washington football team, I'm sitting taking there. Sam it, over two, uh, it, it, whether it's late one, early two, whatever the range is, I'm taking Sam over two at this point. If I'm Washington, I'll give up the night. Would you rather have, I mean, I think you mocked Trey Lance to, to Washington. I'd rather have Sam Darnold than Trey Lance. So I'm making that move in a second. So I'm with you, Todd, on Darnold. I'm, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think I'm in Washington. I'll give you the 19th pick in a, in a second for Sam Darnold. And I even think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think you – I think, and I could be wrong here, the court of public opinion I think probably holds Sam in a less solid regard. I think you guys believe in him more. And, again, I agree. everyone's I agree. entitled to their opinion, right? And we don't know That's exactly true, what the NFL What you just is. said is true. It's well, yeah, the people you talk to in the league do not have as high opinion, a lot of them, about Sam as, as we tend to have right I agree. Now. But and it is, all comes down to he's he's been in the league too long to be ma- making some of the mistakes that he's making. Right. Right. So and, and but I but then I and I'm but listen. I didn't draft him. I'm not. You know. I don't have his. I don't have a cell phone number. We don't talk. <laughs> I'm just going off of what I see. I see a guy who's had no supporting cast. Oh no doubt. And, it, and it's so hard. And, and a dysfunctional organization from a coaching standpoint and from all the, the, ar- the arguments that went on with Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell, like that is not – from what happened within the coaching staff, that was not a, a healthy, happy place to be this past year. I, I mean, we've seen it, and these are extreme examples, but Ryan Tannehill is a guy who the infrastructure wasn't as great in Miami. Obviously, he got hurt. He goes to Tennessee as a basically a – that was like a bag of balls was the return for him essentially to be Marcus Mariota's backup, and he has thrived in two years since. Yeah, the guy that I've got, I want to go too far back because you're a very young field, and Todd's <laughs> very young, and I'll go back to Jim Plunkett. The same right? thing with him sure. his career when he came out of Stanford. So yes, there have been quarterbacks way back in the day that were banged up a lot and beat up a lot with a team that didn't do the things around them to make them successful. And they moved on and they found success other places. So that has happened long ago, and it's happened not that long ago, and it will happen again. So you're right, uh, but I, I do think it's an it's it's a great discussion about Miami and the Jets with Deshaun Watson being the kind of the wild card here that we know is great, but do you want to give up a ton of draft picks to acquire him? Yeah, I, I tend to think that, like, my answer, simple, this is oversimplifying it, obviously, but whatever the price tag is, I, I think it's going to end up being worth it for Deshaun Watson. One factor I wouldn't underrate, and we're putting the cart before the horse here, he hasn't even been traded yet, but you guys are right in that if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you could be depleting your draft capital. One good thing for both the Jets and the Dolphins is that they're going to be in a healthy cap situation, and Deshaun's going to have some gravitational pull to free agents, right? Guys are going to want to play there. It's not that no guys are going to leave millions of dollars on the table, but you could have guys that are, hey, I take thirteen million to be a number one wide receiver, or whatever, you know, whatever the amount is, fifteen million to be your number one wide receiver in New York versus seventeen million to be your number one wide receiver in another market with a lesser quarterback. Is there anybody else that either one of you, Todd first, and then Mel? Another team that just 
Miami and the Jets seem to be the obvious ones to look into because of the draft capital. But anybody else that you're saying to yourself, like, I'd be making, a, I'd be sniffing around here. I'd be doing some serious homework on the potential for Deshaun trade. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. About the Patriots. <laughs> at 15. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, you I can have everything about Belichick and the Patriots might do it, right? Just, just bringing in a guy who who has the leadership that you're looking for. Uh, you know, they they when they want to be multiple, they want to be able to do some of the things that they did with Cam this year, but they also want to be more consistent. Obviously, throwing the football inside the pocket and, and having the timing offense, and and I think that what's that's what Deshaun could bring to you. Um, again. What's Dak Prescott's long-term prognosis? I think that's another thing to, to keep an eye on. Carolina is sitting at eight. Um, you know, those are three teams that really kind of jump out at me, Mel. Yeah, I just don't think if you're Houston, you don't want to drop down too far. It's it's got to get you that uh, that either that quarterback or elite player there. So you got to be picking high. You got to have a lot of draft capital because you're not going to give Deshaun away. It's going to take a lot. You see what those teams have given up over the, the past you know, five to ten years for quarterbacks just to move up and get an unknown entity. Go back to the RG three trade. Go back to all the different when wins. Go back teams moving up to get a quarterback that is an unproven quantity. They've given up a ton. Uh, Field, you can speak to that. So how much yeah. it costs that one draft day just to move up a few spots to Big get that guy. Right? I think RG3 was three ones, three ones, two twos, and a three. That's right. Six yeah, picks for, in total, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now you're talking about Deshaun Watson, a given, a proven friend. He's 25 years old. Granted, he's right. had the two ACLs, but he's still only 25. He's in the prime of his career, and he's proven to be a great quarterback. I think the, the one thing that makes this really interesting is if you make a move like that, you're giving up on Darnold and you're giving up on Tua because yeah. you're bringing Deshaun in. So you better yeah, – that, that makes it really tricky because you're giving up on your young quarterback that you brought in. Darnold's shown signs. Tua is coming off the injury, so we knew he wouldn't be 100% this year in terms of what he's capable of doing. Uh, but you have those two quarterbacks. You could deal now. You can get draft picks back for those two, which help you. So you give up draft capital. You get draft capital back for, for those guys in, in the terms of, we hope, a first-round pick. But – uh, again, I think that's why it's a, it's a fun discussion. Uh, I, if I'm Houston, I'm keeping Deshaun and I'm making him happy. But Field, it seems like listen to you, Field. You think Deshaun will be traded? Well, I just think there's there's a lot of smoke, right? And you are. I agree. My my goal will be to make him happy. I'm not sure what can be done to make Deshaun happy right now. There so this is irreparable be, in your mind. It's close to it. It's close to it. And obviously, we don't see trades like this very frequently in the NFL. 
but we don't see quarterbacks with this much cachet and clout and ability, right, and this much power and influence this upset that frequently. I mean, I can't think of the last time we had a quarterback this miserable of Deshaun Watson's staff. Who do you think, uh, Field, in your mind, yep. would make the most sense? If you are trading Deshaun Watson, it seems like you feel there's a pretty good chance that could happen. Yeah. Who's the, uh, after all the things that Todd and I have pointed out in this first what, yeah. half hour here, who would you think is the best option for Deshaun Watson to be traded to? The, the Dolphins. And Morton Shefty have reported about the viability of like, you know, how, how he would, that would be one of Deshaun's preferred targets. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why. So, but separate and apart from that, first of all, there are potential resources. You have the third pick in the draft. I know I mentioned how, you know, the two is the Golden Goose pick because it means you all, if you love someone besides Trevor Lawrence, you're guaranteed of that player. You got a good shot to have him at pick three. You've got the 18th overall pick available for Miami as well. You could make it a three. And 36 and 50 right? and You've 81 got, all yep. this year. All these picks from Miami. And then from Miami's standpoint, I understand that it would be waving the white flag on Tua. You know what, though? It's a sunk cost. Ask the, ask the Cardinals how they feel about moving on from Josh Rosen and acquiring Kyler Murray. They're in a much healthier standpoint or much healthier franchise spot now than they were when Josh Rosen was an unproven after one year rookie that looked like maybe he wasn't, you know, he's going to take some serious time to develop beyond that for your Miami. You've got a team that we know is on the precipice, right? They, they missed the playoffs after winning 10 games this season. They're really good. You got a defense that is nasty on both up front in the secondary. I think that Miami with, with Deshaun, I mean, good Lord, they could be, you know, I know the Bills are really, really good, so I don't want to say they're the AFC East favorites next year, but they could be a top four team in the AFC right away with Deshaun Watson. Really interesting, and they've got a healthy cap situation now and going forward. So there's mm-hmm. some, um, there are certainly some avenues that that Miami and Deshaun make sense. Um, but that's that's just part of the conversation surrounding the NFL draft. We've also have a huge pre-draft process ahead of us, and next week. Uh, both Todd and I will be down uh, in Mobile, Alabama for the 2021 Senior Bowl, which we're gracious uh, that Jim Nagy, the executive director, and his team have been able to coordinate and navigate all the hurdles that we know everybody's dealing with right now. But there will be a Senior Bowl. And one bit of news, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning uh, wide receiver, is going to the Senior Bowl. He's accepted an invite, but he's just going to do the medical stuff. He's not going to participate. You know, He had that, that hand, pinky finger issue at halftime of the national championship game and to be honest with you guys i'm not sure there's a whole lot to prove on the field from Devonte smith but i'll no. go to both of you mel uh what's the benefit here for Devonte to show up for this game i mean somebody well, it could have been easy for him to say no and no one would have batted an eyelash right no but i think showing up and going through and being down there the meet and greets i don't know how much contact will be allowed when you guys are down there but i think in terms of Devonte, great kid Alabama kid, it's in Mobile, you're in Tuscaloosa, uh, why not? I mean, just you know, meet and greet, talk to as many people. They see He's all football, he's a baller, he's, he's all business. So the great attitude, great approach. You mentioned the medical, but I think he's not going to do anything. He doesn't need to do anything on the field for any, 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 at any time and place from now until uh, the late April when the draft rolls around. But uh, certainly uh, it's an opportunity. I remember when Jason Witten came out early from Tennessee, Jason was down at the Senior Bowl and just you know, out there on the field watching, talking, Showing how how businesslike and professional he was about the job coming up for him, so I, I have no issue. I think it's a great opportunity for Deshaun uh, for uh, for Devante. Like we talked about with Deshaun Watson, the true professionals, a Deshaun Watson, a Jason Witten, a Marvin Harrison, all the guys we brought up, Todd, that we knew had the approach that you wanted. Devontae Smith has that, and being down there proves it once again. And it's good to see too. Just just talking to Jim Nagy today, 
you know, the the quarterbacks, a lot of times, just they're not interested in, in coming to this event. And, and you got to remember, a lot of them are under underclassmen. But, um, you know, Mac Jones may be stepping in for Kyle Trask because Kyle Trask had an ankle injury that he suffered in the SEC championship game, and he fought through it in the, in the bowl game. Uh, but it's just not right. And, and so it, it doesn't make any sense to practice for the week. So it seems like he'll, he'll come down and go through the, the process. And it, it was my understanding that Mac Jones is strongly considering taking that spot. And which would, I mean, can you imagine all the Alabama fans that were going to show up to practice every day to, to see, you know, their quarterback one more time wearing that helmet? <laughs> it would mm-hmm. be a cool scene to see. Um, Ian Book from Notre Dame is planning on playing. Sam Ellinger, who, you know, has struggled as a passer at times, but has just been an absolute baller as a four-year starter for Texas and carried that football team as as much as he could. So there, there are some big-name quarterbacks that are going to be down there. And, it, it, you know, Jim does as, as good a job as any of putting together these rosters, communicating with NFL teams, making sure the players that teams and scouting, you know, scouting departments want to have on the field and he he went through this, the entire roster for two hours with us today, just talking through kind of the reasons why guys were there, what he likes about them, the positives, what to look for. And um, it, it's just it's really cool to see how, how it's being managed. And uh, I'm, I'm more fired up for this one than than I have been in a long time, A, because of the quarterbacks, B, because of the skill player positions, guys like Nico Collins, who – didn't get didn't get to play really, you know. But you go back after opting out this past year, he had a, a first second round grade coming into the year. He had averaged 19.7 yards in 2019 in Michigan two years ago, and and just you know opted out this year. We don't we haven't been able to see him. So to know that he's going to come out and and show his skills with all these other big time wide receivers and tight ends, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Mel, who's a player that, by the way, will have a huge Senior Bowl podcast next week and the week after once the game is over. So plenty more to come from our coverage from Mobile. But is there a player, Mel, that you are keeping your eye on that you're maybe really excited to see next week uh, during the week of practice? A lot of guys. I mentioned Collins. Collins had a huge game against Penn State uh, in 2019, a huge game against Indiana. He led the Big Ten in that average per catch that Todd referenced at 19.7 yards, and he's 6'4". So, yeah, definitely Nico. How about his teammate, Ambry Thomas, the corner? Had three interceptions, seven pass breakups, had a nice year around six feet tall, had a really good year uh, at Michigan two seasons ago. Uh, Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa, that combo guy, 6'7", 6'6", 250, length. He was a wrestler basketball track in high school in 2019 at Northern Iowa. He had 14 sacks, five forced fumbles. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that didn't play this year, but he's a guy who needs that. And then uh, Dylan Radens, the uh, left tackle at North Dakota State, had the one game, fifth-year senior, 32 starts at left tackle, you know, all-conference in basketball, shot putter in high school as well. Uh, Dylan Radens from North Dakota State to see how he keeps those pass rushers at bay during those senior bowl practices will be important for him if he's hoping to be you know, a first- or second-round draft choice. Yeah, cannot wait to see all of these players, both from the small schools and the big schools. You guys both mentioned Mac Jones and the fact that uh, he's going to be there down in Mobile as well. And I, I was talking about this with Daniel, our great intrepid producer, uh, before the show, and – the, the Senior Bowl week is unique in a lot of ways, but I think it can be really impactful for quarterbacks especially because, as we know, it's the position that's different than every other in the NFL. And there are recent examples of quarterbacks who went to Mobile and solidified their standing 
within the draft community, within the NFL, within certain teams' boards. Daniel Jones, we know the Giants became enamored with him after the week spent in Mobile. Carson Wentz really saw his stock rise back in 2016. Justin Herbert last year obviously had a really solid Senior Bowl week as well. So I think Mac Baker Jones, Mayfield and Josh Allen when yeah, they came out. Yeah, guys who have just repeatedly, uh, I don't know about maybe either artificially or legitimately risen up boards, I think Mac Jones can go down there and show not just the Panthers and the Dolphins who are coaching, but every other team that's down there, all the intangibles that you hear about but you don't fully appreciate until you see them. Right? I mean, this is a – a person who meant as much to Alabama's program as anybody this year, including Devontae Smith, obviously. Um, a guy who, as many listening to this know, he was a third-string quarterback and never thought about transferring, never gave up, just kept competing, earned the job, and when he had his one full season as a starter, had a record-setting year for Alabama. So looking forward to seeing what he does with his draft stock next week and whether he does enough to potentially – I think there's a chance, guys, and maybe you know, this is more your evaluation skills than mine, with a really good week next week, he could be the fourth quarterback off the board behind which, which we believe to be the big three of uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, obviously Justin Fields, and then also Zach Wilson, maybe ahead of someone like Trey Lance. Yeah, and Jamie Newman. I think, Todd, you guys will be watching Jamie Newman. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. know, Wake Forest yeah, two years ago, he was at about 61%, 26 touchdowns to throw 11 picks, but he used his legs, rushed for over 500 yards, almost 600 yards and six touchdowns, opted out, did not play at Georgia after a transfer from Wake Forest to Georgia, didn't play at Georgia uh, this year. Uh, so he comes into this Senior Bowl week with an awful lot to prove in terms of trying to improve his draft stock. Yeah, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, who up and down throughout his career, a little bit more consistent this year. But Kellen Mond has a, a great opportunity to, to show what he can do. And, uh, you know, talking to Nagy, he, he said he reminds me a little bit of Colin Kaepernick in terms of his skill set being raw, but having the physical tools. And if he gets in the right system, uh, can have success in the NFL. Yeah, very – I mean, Kellen Mond, for those that don't know his backstory, which they probably do, but, like, the guy, his father has been grooming him to be a quarterback since – like, almost literally since he could walk. Like, the this is a long journey for Kellen Mond, and he's an interesting guy to see where he winds up uh, in the draft, which is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, just 100 days away. Again, we'll be back next week. I think we're going to try to make the show happen from Mobile, as both Todd and I – will be down there, but in the meantime, uh, please do us a small favor, if you can. You go to iTunes, you want to rate, review, and subscribe, or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe to the First Draft Podcast. Mel, we'll talk to you We'll talk to you next week. You just won't be there with us. I and- will not be there at 60 years of age with underlying conditions. I don't want any part of being near you two. So, uh, you know, uh, you guys go to enter, wear your mask, you know, uh, you- do your social distancing, and have a lot of fun. You could I'll, be, I'll be watching said, you. Or, you, you could have just said without the, the portion that I would, I would get after you, Mel, but what can I say to that? You win. Yeah, I was going to say, Todd, you know, Mel could have excluded the part about being 60 and having underlying medical conditions. He could have just said, I don't want any part about being around the two of you. That would have well, it's been all true. Fine. It's which, all encompassing. Which has been the case the past 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how it's been. Well, uh, Mel, we'll talk to you from Mobile next week. Todd, I'll see you down there and uh, safe travels to you, Todd. And everybody, we appreciate listening. We'll talk to you again next week on the First Draft Podcast.